to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And in today's episode, we're talking with Zvi Band. And Zvi is the founder and the CEO of Contactually, which is a relationship marketing platform. It's actually a really neat product. And uh, later in the episode, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about that. But uh, uh, Zvi started out as a, as a developer, and then he really discovered the power of his network. And uh, Contactually, under his leadership, now employs about 70 people, tens of thousands of customers. And I know I've used it for a number of years, and we've got clients that use it. Um, it's just a, a really excellent tool if you're trying to build your business based on relationship. And I really think that's the best way. So uh, I'm super excited to uh, have Svi here with us. And uh, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Thank you. And Steve, uh, you've already started this uh, relationship off on the right foot because you can pronounce my name correctly. Um, most uh, most relationships I have my life have my life begin with us. So how do I say your name? Um, so uh, we're all we're all right after a good start. All right. Well, hey, we you know we've met, we've talked before, so I've got a little bit of practice. <laughs> so uh, help me understand how you got started in business and uh, and and kind of what brought you to uh, where you are right now with Contactually. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think you touched on it early on. I mean, I. Uh, you know, when you look at contactual or you like even look up my name these days, you know, you'll kind of see like you know, a stage presence. You'll see me active online, obviously engaging with you very comfortably. Um, you know, and the interesting thing is I'm, I'm actually at least at least I used to be an incredible introvert. Um, I joked that in college, uh, I was the kind of kid that at least freshman year wants to go home every weekend because I didn't want to have to talk to people. Um, but I'm sure you know, many of your listeners can kind of you know, can resonate with that. But what I saw, I did the standard computer science route, um, went to work for a large government consulting firm because I thought, hey, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be a developer, work for big companies, and that's it. And it was really only that first day of, uh, of a full-time job that I was like, wait a second, this isn't who I am, right? And I'm sure we've all kind of you know, looked back and thought of like that one moment where we're like, yeah, this just isn't for me and kind of, you know, and that kind of really set us off on the right path. And that was that first day. Um, but um, started looking into this whole world of startups and entrepreneurship that I wasn't quite familiar with. And through that end of just making friends and kind of building some early relationships. And what I saw, and I wasn't a fan of networking, right? I mean, I know like, yo, Steve, yo, you and I are always told to network, network, network. Um, and I just didn't do that because that just wasn't who I was, but I would go to events and I would just make friends just because I'd be sitting next to people, strike up a conversation and go from there. But what I saw very early on, early on is that those relationships ended up being the best asset that I had. You know, I went from working in a cubicle to being CTO of a software company that was acquired back in 2009 just because I knew the right person who knew the right person who just run, raised a round of funding and needed an engineer. And so it brought me on board. And then after that, I wasn't quite sure what I want to do next. And I just kind of started talking again to my friends. And they said, well, you know, hey, we've got a project over here. Or, hey, I know someone else who has a project. And pretty soon I was working with the likes of Ford and CBS and Volkswagen and the New York Stock Exchange on a lot of their big uh, software projects, not necessarily because I was good at what I did, but because I knew the right people. And more importantly, the right people knew me. Um, and 
And it was through that experience um, and the challenges that I saw building relationships, which I know we'll talk about later, um, is what led me to start Catachly. Yeah, well, a great story. And, and uh, you know, I can relate to that because I've, I've got a technical background as well. And, uh, and I moved into the business side of things. Primarily because out of, you know, you know how it is when you're, you've got a group of technical people who are trying to, to make it in business. Somebody's go, got to go talk to the other humans, right, who, who can give you money and somebody's got to go build those relationships. So I relate to that because I kind of took that path and, um, and relationships really are the biggest asset. It's one of the reasons we advocate referrals as at least the initial approach to growing a business because it's easy. You know, if you have people that like you and you've built these relationships, it, it overcomes a lot of other deficiencies that you might have. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, so I think that's a fantastic thing. And I love what you guys are doing uh, with the company. So, look, it's difficult to start a company and run a company. And the the reason that I created this podcast is I wanted to have conversations with people like you who have done it and who can share Maybe some of the, the things that you do to push through when you hit those roadblocks, because we all hit them. So what are maybe some of the mindsets or practices or habits that have been really helpful to you over the years in staying unstoppable? Yeah, that's a, it's a really great question. Um, so I think one of the most powerful things that, I, uh, that I've really gained control over um, or the biggest thing that I, I've learned is that our emotions are just that. Those are emotions. Those are temporary states of mind. Um, and that to me is one of the most powerful things because you'll have, you know, as you know, you know, we have the highest highs and lowest lows. Um, there's a constant, no matter how many people we surround ourselves with, no matter how many co-founders we have or employees or partners we have, there's still the sense of loneliness being the CEO. Um, and I think it's, but it's really important to just be able to take us almost to take a, take a step outside of yourself and realize Zvia is sad today. That's okay. Um, and be able and realize that like, well, why is Zvi sad? Well, Zvi is sad because he just got bad news from a client. Okay, fine. Is that going to is that going to destroy the company? No, it's not, right? So to be able to take a step out of, outside of myself has been really powerful because, yeah, I mean, what I think the the most important thing that you know you and I need to do as CEOs is honestly above all else persevere, right? Um, and to always persevere in the face of again, you know, these you know the ups and downs. Um, when things are really great, you can't lose sight of what's important. And when things are really bad, you can't lose sight of what, what is the most important things I can do next. Um, and so that's been really powerful. And yeah, you could try meditation and being mindful, et cetera. But honestly, it's, it's, um, and I think this is where you're having that, you know, engineering mindset, um, is helpful because you can just apply logic to it and say, all right, logically, um, why am I sad and should I be sad? And if not, okay, fine, right? Um, you know, not try and change my mood per se, but just address it that that's just how I feel at this moment. Yeah, and you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that. In fact, I think you're the first person on the, the podcast so far who's shared that particular perspective, but I think it's a really good one because um, it's really easy for us as we're trying to, to lead the ship to, to go on these wild swings, you know? You, you win some really great accounts and you're on top of the world and everything's great. And a week later, 
you know, like you say, you can get that bad news from a client and be right, you know, back in the bottom of the valley. Um, and it, number one, it's abusive to yourself because it doesn't represent reality most of the time. And, uh, the other thing is, is it's, it's like whiplash for your team because they don't know what to make of it. And, uh, you know, when I had a, you know, at one point we had about, um, 35 people on my team and we were doing really, really well. And then we'd hit some, some roadblocks and stuff. And I always just tried to make sure that as I was going through that, I was nowhere near the office. Like I had to go figure it out on my own and like process that, even if it just took an hour, you know, I couldn't do it around anybody else because then they might take that. Now I got to go correct, you know, their vision of what reality is. Uh, yeah, so was, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I think this is a really critical thing. But the interesting thing about that, though, is that uh, I think you know, there are different ways to approach it. I think, yes, you're right. Like there are times where um, I'm like in the dumps and I'm like, yeah, I should not be around people these days. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's actually um, honestly, the more you hide things uh, from what I've seen, at least my experience, the more your team can sense it. You know, they can sense that, like, for example, you know, hey, Zvi's really like not making eye contact with us this week. Like people literally said that, um, like what's wrong? Or they can kind of sense and kind of smell that, like smell the fear or the concern you have. And so um, what I've, uh, what I approach, you know, more often than not these days is to be able to share my feelings, be able to share my concerns, be able to empathize with them because oftentimes, you know, they're the ones, you know, also hearing and receiving the news as well. But you as CEO, have to be the one with the plan, right? Um, so, you know, I've had times where, you know, employees we really need or an employee we really need has quit or we've had to let go, you know, get, let go of one or two people for certain reasons. Um, and I know everyone's feeling the pain or everyone's feeling worried. And I say, yeah, you know what? It sucks. You know, we'll really miss them. But here's what we're going to do next. And here's why we're going to be fine. Um, I think everyone else in the company can, you know, at different times, throw their hands up and say, oh, I don't know. But I've learned, like, even among my execs and co-founders, um, I can't be the one that that just kind of, you know, says, I don't know what to do next. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And and I guess I'm not suggesting hiding anything, but sometimes we can take things um, far from reality and uh, in our minds. And I think getting control of that before you're around the team and then present the plan, I think, is, is a really critical thing to do. So, um, you know, you, you're talking about kind of sharing those feelings and, and being open with your team as you've done that. How do they respond? Um, surprisingly more engaged than I expected them to be. Right. Um, at least, you know, I'm not going to say like you have this deferential view, but you have this view that like employees aren't necessarily as bought in this view. But I think that the ability to see the emotion and to address like right on the spot and talk to them about what they're feeling too, I find them more engaged. Like for example, we, we had a company retreat last week and I'm, I'm continually blown away because I spent more time answering questions than even my own presentations just because I could tell the people were engaged and they want to know, right? Um, everyone, you know, I think if you build a good organization, everyone wants the company to succeed, even if for nothing else in this, this so we keep, they keep getting a paycheck next month and the following month, right? So everyone wants to succeed. And so I think people like have this um, desire to learn more. 
And as long as I think you've created a culture where it's okay to question the CEO, to, it's okay to share your feelings, to share your concerns, to share what's not working, um, I think people will be in really great, great shape. Okay. Well, I think that's great advice. And, um, and you know, as you're, I know you, you guys have been through from startup to kind of, you know, this place of, of real success right now, yeah. where you've got this, I mean, this product that, uh, which I, I want to talk about in a few minutes. I mean, the product's fantastic. Um, you know, and, but I know you've gone through a, a whole series of, of, of challenges along the way. Um, what are one, one or two of the, maybe the biggest hurdles and, and, uh, you, you don't have to get into specifics, into specifics if you'd like to avoid that, but what are some of the, maybe a couple of the biggest things that you've really had to push through and pull the team together and, and how has that transformed the way you've approached things after that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, uh, we're, so we're a venture back company. Um, and we decided very early on to raise capital and continue raising capital in order to fuel the additional growth of the business. You know, we're getting close to profitability, but we always make, but we're always kind of burning more than we have. Um, and so for that reason, you know, fundraising, um, you know, has been one of my main roles and that has been incredibly stressful and incredibly challenging. Um, and so obviously like I, I've had times, you know, probably, you know, contactually, all in all, we've probably raised money from maybe 40 or so different entities um, over the course of the company. But I must have spoken and gotten rejections from, I'd probably say, at least 300. Um, and when you think like 300, you know, okay, you've talked to 300 and 40 said yes. Hey, that's a pretty good conversion rate. Um, but that also means, wow, Svi heard no 260 times at least. Right. Or even worse, it didn't get a no, just didn't even get response to my emails, to my follow up emails. Right. Um, and that's been really challenging. And so obviously to, as a CEO, you know, you're faced with the uh, with the dwindling with, you know, the dwindling bank account and the need to raise capital. Um, and, you know, you're pushing as hard as you can. And then all of a sudden you hear you see your team getting stressed out. And all of a sudden now you have to turn around and talk to your team and say, no, no, it's going to be okay. Whereas like in your mind, you're like, Hey, I, I don't know if it's going to be okay. Um, so, um, <laughs> that's, uh, so that's definitely been a, that's definitely been a, a really big challenge, but, um, I think it's, uh, you know, again, we we talked earlier about perseverance. Um, and I just kind of knew that, you know, all right, you know, a day when I got three no's, go to the gym, you know, work out for a little while sit down with a blank piece of paper and write down the 10 most important things I can do at that moment and do those 10 things. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's just kind of practicing little tricks like that or, uh, being reminded of the good things in the company, you know, being thankful for, you know, my family, my friends, um, the product that we built, the customers, you know, the customers that we've seen success with, um, those kind of things have always kind of motivated me through it. Yeah, I, I I really think that's critical. That's one of the things we run into. You know, we um, we drive a lot of leads through our own business, and that's a great thing. It's an asset that a lot of firms like ours don't have. But some weeks you're you know hitting it out of the park and closing everybody and and bringing on lots of new clients. And other weeks it's you know it's crickets. And there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. But I tell you, in those off weeks, if I don't get like away and just write down like take stock of here's all the great things we're doing. Yep. 
and here's the plan for next, you know, well, here's what, what's going to come next. And I think that's fantastic advice. Um, but without that, all you can see is like the bombs going off around the foxhole, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, so for me, the, this sounds very strange, but, you know, kind of, you know, bear with me. Um, I very much believe in free will, right? Um, you and I aren't chained to our companies. You and I are chained to our jobs. You and I, I hate to say, aren't chained to our families either. Um, the uh, And so I'm always motivated by that. And I could always say, you know what? I could walk away from this at any point. Because I think, you know, the, the one of the challenges I think we as human beings have is being feeling that we're forced to do things or feeling that we're being dragged along. And I'm like, no, and I, I'm not. In fact, uh, one of my uh, you know, more head of people um, gave me this really great line. And Nicole always says, you know what? Every employee, including yourself, Svi, um, wakes up every morning and makes the decision of whether or not they're going into work. Um, and I feel that's a decision that we, even as CEO, can make every single day. Um, and there's a, there's a really great article by a, a guy named Bryce Roberts, who's a VC. Um, I think he just kind of you know, quickly wrote it one day, but it's been one of the most impactful things I've written or that he's written. Um, and it's just called Most People Won't. And he kind of goes into it like, you know, most people want to be fit, but most people aren't. Um, most people want to build a successful business. Most people won't. Um, you know, most people won't do things or most people won't achieve or even try to achieve what they want to, which means those that do can change everything. And that's really powerful because we make the decision knowing that, you know what, at this moment, faced with these challenges, faced with these problems, faced with this situation, most people would walk away from the table. Most people wouldn't make a decision. Most people wouldn't go there. But you know what, today I'm going to be the person that does take that one additional step forward and another additional step forward. And so I'm going to be the person that keeps going. Um, and to me, I don't care how smart you are, intelligent or well-connected you are. It's really the ability to keep going no matter what. That's been the most impactful thing for me. Yeah, I, I think that it really does come down to that. Um, so uh, we're going to be right back with more from Svi. So hang on and uh, he's going to share with us uh, a bit more about Contactually and, and why he created it and, uh, and what it can do for you. So hang on. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right, we're back with V Band of Contactually. And V, I, I really want to kind of change our focus um, and talk a little bit about what you're doing at Contactually because um, I really think for developing relationships and staying in touch with people, it's an outstanding tool. So talk a little bit about you know, where it came from, why you created it and, um, and, and some of the successes you're seeing that people are having with it. Yeah. I mean, well, after all the crap I said on the first half of the show, I wasn't sure if you're going to allow me back, but, uh, here we are. Um, so yeah, I mean, so, um, the core idea behind Contactually is I think all of us know that in some level in our business, relationships are one of the most important assets that we have. 
Um, and that's a declining asset. It's a, you know, meaning that we forget people and worse off people forget us. Um, you know, we you know, past clients will forget who they worked with for X, Y, Z project. Um, you know, people we've met for coffee will forget us and we'll forget them. Um, the, the stat out there for in real estate, for example, this is terrifying. Um, but, um, after transaction, immediately after transaction, 88% of buyers say that they work with their agent again, which is great, right? Like, okay, of course. Yeah. You know, most agents do a good job. Um, the percentage of people that actually work with their agent again drops down to 12%. So, so from 88% to 12%, and that's terrifying. And that's because we forget people and people that's forget crazy. My agent, for example, bought me breadboard four years ago and hasn't spoken to me since. Um, and so it's the, it's the ability to maintain cadence of relationship that I believe is one of the most important and impactful things that we can have in our relationship marketing and business building um, you know, efforts. And so technology like it actually can really improve that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, and and I, it solves fairly uniquely this challenge that, you know, we work with a lot of business owners on trying to get clients. And the, the problem that, that they will describe over and over again is mm -hmm. just not A, having the time to keep those relationships up so they don't have an efficient way to do it. Um, and and kind of related to that is they're not organized to do it, which is why they're not efficient. So they don't have a place to keep all of those names and they don't know what the heck to do with them next. You know, so they and they met somebody. So they were out maybe networking and they made a friend. Right. And they decided to have this mutually beneficial relationship, what everybody likes to call it after you have the obligatory meeting at Starbucks. And that's great. And then that person just disappears. They don't know what to do from there. So how have you guys fixed that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's. I think people sometimes are a little bit too self-flagellating with that, totally. right? They hate themselves like, oh, they feel so bad. And unfortunately, it's that feeling that will then stop us in our tracks, right? The reason why we didn't go to the gym today is because we felt gym felt bad that we didn't go to the gym yesterday, right? Um, and so it's getting out of that mindset and being, being okay with it, right? Because we have to realize that, you know, for example, that person we met at the coffee shop, um, that's something that will not yield value, um, except in the long term, if at all, right? We have, you know, that, that may happen, right? And so we have to, and we know as human beings, we're wired to look for like short-term gains, um, or what will this person do for me today? Or you know, you know, will this person help me out tomorrow? Um, and if it's no, then you know, usually they kind of you know, they they drop out of the urgency bubble into the kind of the less urgent but still important bubble, which is still something that we, you know, that we very rarely do. And so our attitude to that is, well, if you only maybe have five or 10 minutes a day for those relationships, for those things that aren't urgent but are really important, how do we make it as impactful as possible? And uh, I think the core aspects of relationship marketing are being able to answer very quickly those questions of, who do I need to talk to? When do I need to talk to them? And what do I need to say? 
And so in that case, you know, the, the whole idea, you know, let's say we just walked out of a, you know, meeting uh, Nancy at a coffee shop just now. Okay, great. Well, is Nancy going to be important for me? Um, yes or no, long term. And if it's no, then that's okay. It's okay to let that relationship go. If I think she could be important to my goals long term, great. I want to add her to a database. I want to make sure I'm set to follow up with her periodically. Um, and then if, uh, if my database or I see that it's been too long, then that's where you need, you know, you need technology to be able to say, Hey, you should talk to Nancy today. And then when you're reaching out, well, yes, obviously we're all kind of you know, looking at the, you know, looking at a blank email editor, going, "Oh my God, what do I, what do I say?" But I think you, know, you instead of saying, "What do I say?" Um, you should ask yourself, "What do I want them to feel?" And when you think about that, then all of a sudden your your actions may change. That makes sense. Totally, I think that's a, a fantastic question to ask. Like, for example, like you know, if, if I want Nancy to feel that, like, I still remember her and I'm still thinking of her, do I need to send a long handwritten email? No. You know, I could just you know, choose an email template saying, hey, Nancy, just thinking of you. Or maybe instead of uh, instead of saying, uh, you know, instead of instead of sending a individual email, um, I could, you know, I could go on to Facebook or Twitter and reply to one of her one of her posts. Right. Um, so that's kind of one of those key things, um, that he, uh, um, you know, that, you know, that's one of those key things I think we can really take better advantage of. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point, uh, several actually, number one, if it's not the right relationship, it's okay to let him go. I see a lot of people get caught up in this thing where they got to stay in touch with everybody that they meet. And, and while that. And then you get overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, and, and there's no discernment there around what's important because some of the people that you're going to meet, perfectly nice people, wonderful human beings, but maybe aren't a fit for you. And that's okay. Um, but, but the ones who, who are a fit and, um, and particularly over the long term, if you don't have a system to remain relevant in their world, you know, you're, you're going to be in real trouble when you actually need those relationships, you know, and we've both yep. been in, in situations, uh, I'm sure in our careers where those relationships were really what saved the day. So, um, you know, having a place to put them. And, and then one of the things I love about Contactually is it, it brings those people back to the surface. Like you don't have to think about who haven't I talked to in a while, because as you put them into these little groups and say, well, this group of people I want to keep in touch with, you know, every month or every 60 days or every 90 days or whatever, once a year, then it just sort of brings back a group of them every day and you reach out and it's yep. super easy. Absolutely. So I know you guys work with, um, with a lot of folks and, and, uh, a lot of different professions, but, but a lot of service professionals in particular, what are some of the, the successes that your users are having? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think we've seen all sorts of crazy successes. I mean, we kind of split it to two, um, there and you know people usually see two sides of uh, two sides of the value of contact. So the first is you know with a monetary value, people who have um, doubled their overall output output, uh, meaning you know they closed an initial million dollars in sales this quarter um, via Contactually, 
Um, they have you know, doubled the number of contacts they've, that they're actively staying in touch with. Um, when we look at our larger brokerage customers, um, we see that you know, one, like we work with a lot of real estate agents, and one of the key metrics that they look at is uh, they look at their GCI, their gross commission. Um, and we see on average, um, Contactually or you know, relationship marketing with Contactually um, can grow um, their GCI by an average of 42% in one year. So imagine just you know being able to just by better staying in touch with your network, growing your growing your income by forty percent. You know that's something we've seen on average um, with our customers. Um, but the other side is that peace of mind, right? You know we obviously know there's a there's a long term value in relationships, and to be able to be have comfort knowing that you're building a long term value and you're building up that client base, that sedimentary layer of people that you know what will always keep referring to you and always keep thinking of you as long as you kind of stay in touch with them. Um, so your business kind of stacks on top of each other, grows and grows and grows, and you gain customers for life, as well as seeing peace of mind. Those are the kind of things that we see all the time in Contaction. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, as I've used it, um, it's, you know, it's funny. It'll bring people back to me that I, you know, yeah maybe haven't thought of, haven't seen. And just those little extra touches are, are enormously valuable. Um, and it, it's amazing to, to see the, that kind of result, you know, that, that increase in revenue. One of the things I like about it, you know, we also, over the years, we've used some of the, the higher end marketing automation platforms to do other things. And, yeah. um, and those are great and, and they serve their purpose. Um, you know, for a long time we used Infusionsoft, we use HubSpot for some of that now, but for an awful lot of businesses, they're never going to need that level of automation to. Exactly. And more importantly, if, uh, if they try and implement that level of automation, um, they may get overwhelmed or stuck or spend lots of money and, you know, and fail at it. You know, most, uh, you know, there's a, there's a stat out there that uh, 80% of CRM installations fail within the first year or so, um, and don't see don't see the level of adoption. And it's honestly because you know they, it's it can be really complex to set up. Yeah, well, and not just to, not just complex to set. I mean, complex to set up even on a basic level. But the thing that that most people get wrong with it, which is one of the things I love about what you guys have created is that, that, you know, if you go to create a highly automated marketing campaign in, in one of the higher end packages, if you haven't really thought through every stage of that interaction and what the prospect or the customer is going to see, you can yep. fairly easily put your foot in your mouth and not know it. Right. And, and you'll do it automatically robotically over and over and over again. And, you know, with, with what you guys have done, I think it really fits in for businesses that don't need that level of automation. You've got some automation in there, but, um, but I, I really think it, it does a good job of creating a real human to human experience, which is really hard to get in some of the auto other automation tools without really, you know, diving in and spending a lot of time and making sure every little, you know, customization is, is perfect. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of uh, I think we have to be careful, especially like you know, if we're in a relationship-driven business, I think we have to be a little careful that the technology or the marketing that we implement doesn't impact our ability to build and maintain personal relationships. Right. Um, so you can, for example, sometimes over-automate and go too wild with your 
sales and marketing to the point where people aren't sure are they dealing with you or are they dealing with some weird business entity like they deal with like Pepsi or Comcast, right? Um, and so uh, that's kind of what uh, I, I think that we should be that we should be like really focusing on is that you know technology can help us to a point, right? They can help us figure out who to talk to, when to talk to them, and what to say. But to go much further than that, we have to be very careful, right? It's okay, for example, to have like an email template, you know, that you know that you know is something that you would say. But if it gets to the point where you know uh, where Steve is looking at message marketing that I'm sending to him, and, I'm, and Steve's like, you know what, Steve didn't send that. You know, Steve's marketing department mm-hmm. sent that. Is that is that the feeling that we want to get across? Going back to that earlier point. Yeah, and and. Um... You know, and if you're not careful, it's easy to do that with with some of these other tools. And um, and it's not that they aren't good tools; they're great tools. But um, you know, in businesses where relationship is important, especially when you're you're selling at a high ticket level, um, where the clients are expecting personal interaction, either with you as the business owner or with somebody on your team. You know, it's really easy to start singing out of tune with when it's totally automated. And I know everybody. It's funny. We talk to to business owners all the time, and they want set it and forget it, right? But yeah. I don't think there is any such thing. Um, I just we've been doing all kinds of marketing automation for for years and years and years now, over a decade, and I've never yet found set total set it and forget it. So um, I think you guys really strike a good chord, you know, kind of right in the middle, especially for service businesses that are selling, you know, really high ticket customized services. So absolutely. I mean, when like when we have like, you know, when we think about CRM or database, yeah, I think the ideal I should have is it should almost be like a personal system for mm-hmm. us. Right, you know, it should be the thing that you know you wake up in the morning um, after you, of course, you know, triage you know, your email and put out any fires there. Um, you're, you're sit, you walk in the office and your assistant hands you saying, "Hey, here are the ten things you need to do today that you probably didn't know about." And you're like, "Oh, cool, thanks. That's actually really helpful, right?" Um, and you're able to act on that. To me, that's what that's what our tool should be able to do for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Zvi, thanks so much for uh, investing a little time with me today. This has been fantastic. Always good to connect with you. And uh, where can uh, where can listeners go if they want to find out more about Contactually, what you guys are doing? What's the best place for them to, to go? Yeah, um, honestly, uh, if you just Google Contactually, that's contact and actually put together. So Contactually, um, you can see everything about us. Um, so a few things I always recommend. Um, if you think contacts would be valuable for you, um, you know, you can sign up free for 14 days and talk to someone on my team. You know, we don't require a credit card. Um, only if you think this is something, if if relationships are something that um, you would take seriously, um, contactually is worth checking out. But beyond that, you know, even if you know you're happy with you know, your existing tools or you don't, or you're happy using an Excel spreadsheet or stack of business cards on your desk, that's fine, right? Um, I, I highly recommend you. Know, we produce a lot of really great content um, on our blog. We have a podcast that we produce every two weeks, um, so we have a lot of really great content and thought process out there. You can follow us on Twitter, just contactually. Um, and so just anywhere contaction, you can find Awesome. Us. Well, we'll, we'll make sure we link to those resources in the show notes. If anybody wants to go find them, they'll be there. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks, for, thanks again for being on. It's been great to connect and, and uh, we'll talk soon. Steve, I really appreciate uh, you and your audience. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. 
Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.